Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Mike, you there? Mike, you there? Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay, hey. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Nice and warm down here. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, bright and sunny here, too. Nice. So, uh... Yeah, you kind of heard, uh, I was on Gus's call, obviously, you were there. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, I was just trying to do a little game planning here. Let's see. So I guess I, um, I, you know, I've been writing the the DA, and I've gotten nothing from them. I actually went down there in person and spoke with their uh, secretaries down there, and they gave me the runaround. You know, they they don't they don't deal with uh, traffic tickets. Uh, so uh, I mean, they said they they don't even look at it. Doesn't even come across their desk. So I mean it's it's all it's all very uh, occluded and uh, not not to not really having too much success finding who's moving this case. Obviously, like Gus said, it's it's the cop man acting as cop moving the case, of which he's a witness in his own case. Yeah, I've I've wondered about that for a while, but I've never actually dug into it too much. But it doesn't really make sense to me that the cop can, he can be the law enforcer, he can be the witness, he can be the complainant, he can be the prosecutor, he can be everything all in one, it makes no sense to me. Right, I mean, it's like, uh, the next step is he's going to be Judge Dredd or something. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, at what point do we even need a judge? (laughs) Like, I don't know, there's I think what it is, is there's certain rules, their own rules that they absolutely always follow, but they always, almost always find a way to weasel around it. So a lot of times it seems like they're just acting like thugs or they're corrupt or they're whatever, but a lot of times they're just being very clever. It's kind of cheap and petty, but they find stupid ways around everything. 
Well, I, yeah, I think that's I, the whole name of the game, huh? Yeah, I think, like, believe it or not, honor is huge. If you catch one of them flat out in dishonor, it's bad, really bad. They all protect each other, so that doesn't happen. But honor is huge amongst them. It's just trying to actually put the finger right on them so they can't squirm out. Um, I I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure how they're getting away with it. I'm sure there's something more to it than nobody questions it, but I don't think it's lawful or legal the way they're doing it. Like, even even if they're getting people's consent, there's got to be some other reason for, I don't know, just... Like, I don't even know if the cop realizes he's the prosecutor. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm... I have no idea what that guy thinks. He he sure seemed to seem to play some games with me uh, back at the stop there, but uh, he was he wasn't letting on to what he knows. Yeah, they kind of can't. Yeah, I heard um, that John guy that was on the call. I heard uh, a phone conversation he had with a clerk. And I think it happens a lot of the time, but it really seemed like she didn't know what he was talking about. But she was some kind of big shot clerk at that courthouse. She was high up there in the ranks. So I can't see her being completely oblivious. So I don't know if she's just a really good actor or not, but I'm guessing some of the lower level clerks probably don't know most of this stuff, but I think the head clerk would. But she was doing a pretty good job of playing stupid. Yeah, I, I ran into a clerk. Uh, she was said she was the manager there at the building, uh, and I'm so I also you're the building manager. And she's no, I'm I'm not that. She said she manages the. Uh, the clerk's office. I don't know what that meant. And uh, yeah. anyway, she gave me some runaround, and uh, I, I was calling her out on bullshit. And uh, and uh, anyway, so same sort of thing. She acted like she she had no idea what I was talking about, and really had no clue of uh, what's going on down there. You know, she said, "Oh, this building's only open two days a week." And I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked into that. I don't really spend a whole lot of time researching uh, traffic stuff. But I am kind of curious on how they how they figure they can do that. Well, uh, of course, it's a presumption of a contract. Right, so yeah, uh, but contract or not, they're still they're still expected to follow their own processes and procedures. Right, like they're blatantly sidestepping what they do normally just for traffic court. I get it that it's a private court and everything else. It's just ridiculous when you think about it. It's um. 
all they're doing is they're acting like Walmart and the they're acting as the policy enforcement division of Walmart. And they're saying you're an employee of Walmart and you didn't do something according to the rules. And so you're going into Walmart in front of a Walmart employee being accused of breaking a Walmart rule by another Walmart employee and it's being prosecuted by a Walmart employee and everybody's getting paid by Walmart and it's just the big joke is that you don't work for Walmart but they got you thinking they do but now they they just cut out their own policy just to I, I don't know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but if nothing else they're saying cops are scum in our society they're the bottom of the barrel so we're going to we're going to make the cops liable for the for their own tickets that we force them to hand out and we'll just throw the cops under the bus no need to get prosecutors in trouble well all right uh you know what i i i think uh i, I think i talked with you about uh, this book i had I had read, actually, I only had some chapters out of the book. I, I was given it a long time ago. Uh, and it was written in, like, the late 90s. And it was called The Traffic Ticket Scam. And it was all about, uh, you know, statutes and whatnot inside of, you know, their their books, their codes. And there was this one statute uh, it was called 40,600 was the was the number it was called the uh, notice to appear reasonable cause for issuance and uh it had to do with uh basically a statute which mirrored or was in harmony with the common law which of course the legislation whoever wrote it would have to have some sort of you know harmony in order for it to be ratified, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so basically, this code. I mean, it's it's even on the damn ticket down down at the bottom is uh this this number forty thousand six hundred and sure enough there it is, and it's at the bottom. Let's see what, what does it say exactly. Um, but it has to do with accidents. And if you look it up, and I, I, I mean, I thought I was the expert for a long time on traffic tickets, and and maybe I am, but uh, just here in California anyway. But uh, and uh, it says, uh, yeah, so down at the bottom it says notice to appear form approved by the Judicial Council of California. Uh, and it lists off, uh, you know, 40,000 this, 40,000 that, and then also 40,600. Now, if you look up 40,600, it has to do with an accident, like I said. So a cop can can arrest you. Basically, it boils down to this. A cop can, based, a peace officer, that's what he is, he's not a policeman, is, uh, is, in, is, this is like an enabling statute where he can write you a ticket in lieu of your physical arrest because he found in his investigation that you caused an accident. Period. 
So anyway, I, I think that's kind of what it's all about. The presumption is that I caused an accident. Well, I find I don't, that I don't I don't think that's really what it's getting at. I think the point is a peace officer is common law law enforcement. And a peace officer cannot go around giving out tickets for speeding, for running red lights, for not wearing your seatbelt. Peace officers are only there to keep the peace. In other words, make sure that there's no harm, loss, or injury. Exactly. So if a cop writes you a speeding ticket, he must be saying that the reason the accident happened is that you were speeding. Exactly. So you can't go in. So you uh, you wouldn't be able to go after a peace officer for overstepping his jurisdiction. So I don't know. It kind of seems like it's there to protect the peace officer, if there are any. Well, it's it's uh. So he's he's a civil officer, and he's got certain. So like, so in if if you were to see a crime right, or have good information of a felony, or have a warrant from somebody, then he can establish probable cause, right, that's what it's called down here, penal code. Yeah. So, and in the penal code, uh, so so basically the penal code would be criminal. Any, anything criminal would be in the penal code. And I and I, I recall I recall in the book that it said something about yeah that it, all crimes were going to be defined inside the penal code, and so uh, in the vehicle code would be civil or a book of civil liability, whereas the cop establishes probable cause for a crime in a civil uh, matter where there's been liability where there's been damage, he establish he has to establish reasonable cause. So it's sort of this equivalent, but it's much more narrow in scope. Anyway, now just talking about the dynamics of of this, you know, we're just trying to wrap our heads around what's going on here. But as far as I can tell, that's the presumption that must be in that court. You know, that I was acting as a motorist. Okay, well, even if I was acting as a motorist, uh, here it is, uh, you know, you you don't have jurisdiction over motorists unless they've caused an accident. No, because there's no such thing as a peace officer in your case or in their case against you. That statute, is that one statute in a list? Uh, yeah, it's one statute in a, in a list, yeah. There's, there's a... That's four. one of the... That's one of the ones that don't apply to you, to the case you're involved in. Like that's that statute has nothing to do with you. He didn't stop you because you caused an accident. He didn't write you a ticket because you caused an accident. This has got nothing to do with a peace officer or an accident or a breach of the peace. That code doesn't apply in your case. I'm guessing one of those other ones they're saying they, that you you do fall under. Yeah, it's just like part of the form, like on the form itself, you know, this is approved by the Judicial Council, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you did get a speeding ticket because you caused an accident, they're saying that's one of the reasons why you could have got a ticket. 
They're saying, I think they're pretty much saying any of these, if any of these apply to you, it's a valid reason. Right. So, so I gotta look I, up these other ones. I don't know why you're wasting your time. None of them apply to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like you're just chasing your tail. You're going around in circles. Oh, they're they're blaming the rock down the street for this one. No, no, no. They're blaming the rock down the street for this one. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to figure out all their Chinese bullshit. And it's, none of it's got anything to do with you. Stop calling yourself a rock. Right, Stop right. Stop pretending you're a lawyer. Stop pretending you're Chinese. Like, just ask them, who the fuck did I harm? Yeah. That's all you're interested in. Where's the man or woman that says I did something? Let's see what I did. Let's see how much money this is going to cost me, and we can all go home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, did I run? Gonna... If I ran over a, if I ran over a man's mailbox, tell that man to come forward and say, "Hey, that was my mailbox. You ran it over." And I'll say, "No freaking problem. Here you go." And I don't even right. care if I ran over the guy's mailbox or not. I just want a man to come forward and point at me and say, "You did me wrong." Right. If it's only a $50 mailbox, I'll be happy to pay it. If it was a $200 mailbox, I would be happy to put $200 in another man's hand and compensate him for the harm he believes I may have caused rather than give you guys a $20 bill for bullshitting me. If there's a man or woman has a beef with me, I'll deal with them. You guys piss off. I don't care if my grass was a, a quarter inch too long. I don't care if I had rain in a bucket in my backyard. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I'm not dealing with your nonsense, your petty whining, your little complaint. Bring a man or woman forward if they've been harmed if they some kind of harm loss or injury, I'll pay for it. That's all it is. It doesn't matter like let's say let's say you drove your car right through your neighbor's living room. <laughs> You're fully liable for that. Absolutely. Nobody's going to question that. But they can't throw you in jail for that. You have every right to pay for all the brickwork, all the glass, all the replant the roses. Like You have the opportunity to correct your mistake at all times. Right. So their their penalty is... uh... Yeah, they, they've, they've suffered no loss. They're sort of like deadbeat dad said. Yeah, th- there's there's no, ma- like, there's, there, there's no, like, city of Toronto going to walk into court and point a finger at you and say that I can't feed myself now because of the money you caused me to lose. No man or woman named the city of Toronto is going to come in and say, you ran over my mailbox and it cost me $200 to buy a new one. No city of Toronto can come in and say money came straight out of my wallet because of you. So it doesn't matter what they're saying. Even if there is a man that you've caused harm, loss, or injury, they cannot do anything to you until you refuse to compensate. Once you're in dishonor, it's, it's not wrong to make a mistake but it's wrong to refuse to compensate. Because that would be controversy. 
Yeah, like it 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 sounds terrible, but you could say fuck my neighbor Bob, I hate him. I'm so mad I could drive my truck right through his front fucking window right now. And then just drive right through his window. <laughs> and then say holy crap. I can't believe I I was so mad that I actually did that. I apologize. Uh, get a contractor in here, find out exactly how much it is, and I'll pay every last penny, no questions asked. And he's going to be like, fuck you, I'm calling the cops. And he's going to call the cops, he's going to get a lawyer and all this stuff. And you can just say, look, I sent this guy a letter every three days asking him if I can pay him for whatever damage I caused. I apologize. I asked for forgiveness and offered to pay. And this guy, he just doesn't want my money. Like if I'm trying to pay this guy for my debt and he's not taking my money, he's saying there is no debt. Right. Like if I'm trying to give back every every penny that this guy lost and he's absolutely refusing, he's just, he's the one starting the controversy now. There is no controversy. I drew, I drove through his window. I owe him the money. I'm trying to pay him the money. He won't let me. Now he's dragging me into court. What to put me in a cage because I offered him money and he wouldn't take it? Like there's no judge on the planet that's going to say, "Yeah, that's cool. He can do that." Every judge is going to say, "Man, what the fuck is wrong with you? He offered to pay it all, and you said no." Like. He he doesn't have a leg to stand on. So this whole statutory nonsense, that's that's why it's all shut down immediately if there's no man or woman. The tooth fairy cannot come after you for money. Like, how the fuck is the tooth fairy going to show that they had to pay a dentist bill because you punched her? It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, so that's... uh we're kind of kind of talking about uh criminal and civil well uh, as far as i know all criminal cases are technically civil anyways i don't know if it really matters but right with with any traffic case if you've caused no harm loss or injury it has to be a contract dispute so show me the contract Just like Bill Thornton says, show me the law. Show me the contract. Where does it say I'm a motorist? Like if if they're saying you're a motor vehicle operator without getting into all the sovereign citizen stuff, what they're saying is that you are a person. Yeah, you're a person engaged in commerce. It's a taxable event. They have jurisdiction over taxpayers, employees all that crap. So if they're saying that you're working for the government because government rules apply to government, like Boy Scout rules apply to Boy Scouts. Right. So what they're saying is you're an officer of the government or an agent of the government at some level and you were making wages, salary, or profit using the roads. So now they have to show you your payroll records. They got to show your time card or something, show that you were getting paid by the government at that time. They can't do that. 
they have to get you to sign something saying, yes, I consent to all of this, or yes, I am a motor vehicle operator, or a confession, yes, I did it, which would be like a guilty plea or a, a plea deal or something. Just saying, yeah, I did it, that's good enough for them. But if you're saying I'm a man, I'm not a motor vehicle operator, they can say, oh, you have a driver's license. Well, actually, I think the state of Florida or the state of California has a driver's license. I have it in my possession. I'm not sure why I have it. I don't, I'm not aware that I've ever used it. I locked myself out one day. I use it to jimmy the lock. But other than that, I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever operated under any contract. Can you show me a contract where I've signed it? Oh, well, your driver's license. Oh, well, I don't even know what that is. I don't believe I own it. It says property of the state right on it. So let's be clear. I'm not that card. I'm not a motor vehicle operator. If you believe I was acting under a license, then show me the evidence that I was actually operating under a license. Otherwise, you guys have no jurisdiction. Like, come on, you guys are Boy Scouts. You can't go and start arresting local hockey team. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't have a California driver's license. I have an Arizona license, and, uh, you know, I wasn't acting through it either, but, uh, and I yeah. didn't produce it at the time of the stop. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing about it being a, uh from another state's kind of irrelevant because they have the whole full face and credit clause because you're going to bitch if you, if you leave California and then Florida says, Oh, that's no good here. You'd cause a huge stink. So they know they, that it's good in every state, but well, apparently it wasn't acceptable to the commissioner. Did he say in writing that it wasn't acceptable? Uh, no, he didn't, no. He entered a plea on my behalf. Um, and that was before you gave him that notice? That was before, I, well, I, I turned in, well, I, I figured the, the right way to do it would be to turn in the two notices, one notice of idiot and the other notice lack of jurisdiction uh you know and and, and set and I guess that should have set the record sort of straight to where what he's dealing with and that there was no matter to be heard yeah but no right right then after then i went and filed five more i mean i walked straight to the clerk right afterwards and filed five more so and you heard those last night yeah. Um, yeah, I think most of those notices I helped you with, and some of them I think were pretty much almost word for word what I would have wrote. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I got them through you or some. Yeah, I listen to you a lot, so yeah, I mean, I've I've heard you speak verbatim some of those. Yeah. Yeah, some of them are pretty standard for everything. I put them in Skype all over the place too. But um, did you uh, 
Did you rescind the um, the not guilty plea? No, I haven't. So that's I guess. Uh, so that'll be next. Yeah. When did that happen? Uh, this was uh, August seventeenth. And I'm uh, my next. The court date is the twenty ninth of this month. Okay, so that's like what twenty days, nineteen twenty days, something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think two and a half weeks or so. <clears throat> so, uh, in in a uh, so should I, so in a letter or would it be a notice rescission? Um. Yeah, I would say I would say it would be a notice. Okay. So I guess you still gotta try and figure out who's moving the case. It's probably the cop, but I'm not sure. I don't think anyone's uh, actually described to me a traffic court case where there's no where there's allegedly no prosecutor. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've everyone I've everyone, all the clerks and uh, the gals down at the DA's office, they've all said basically that. Yeah, there's not going to be any attorneys unless you want to have one. Uh, there's not going to be any prosecutor there. It's just going to be you, the judge, and the cop. Which, yeah, I mean, uh, as I recall, that's how it is down here in California. I mean, it's been a while since I've had a traffic ticket. Well, think it's it's just funny because even in their world, they cannot withhold the name of the prosecutor and the plaintiff. Like that doesn't make sense. There's nobody on the other side to deal with. They right. Just so it's as if there's no plaintiff and there's nobody representing the plaintiff. Yeah. Yeah, like there. Okay, if if you sue me, you serve me with a lawsuit, and then I serve you with my answer. That's how it goes. There's two sides in every single case. There's two sides. I get it that there's no such thing as United States of America. I get it, there's not a real plaintiff, but they actually have something written down in the plaintiff box. They actually have a man or a woman acting as prosecutor that's moving the case, or they have a lawyer. There's always an agent representing, even if it's a fictitious... Like, if the Easter Bunny was trying to sue you, they would at least have a lawyer representing this fake entity called the Easter Bunny. But they don't... They're telling you that you're fighting the wind. Oh yeah, somebody's coming after you, but nobody's coming after you. Like it doesn't right. make any sense. In this case, okay. it says pe- the it says people, not the people, not the people of California. It just says people versus Robinson, comma Levi Jacob. Yeah. So like. <laughs> Who are the people? Oh, the, uh, whatever, whatever. Okay, well, who's representing the people? 
oh, this man, the prosecutor. Oh, okay, I'll talk to him then. And then you start talking to the the people's representative. But they don't have anyone free to answer to. Like, it's kind of oh. like if, I, if I'm saying you stole my bike, at least there's somebody saying you stole it. Or maybe I would hire a lawyer and there'd be a lawyer to say, you stole Mike's bike. But they're saying there's nobody, like nobody, the people. Like what, the the people down at the grocery store? The people, like what people? Like it's kind of weird. There's no case file or anything. Like I don't know. Did you ask to see if there's a case file? Uh, you know what? I, I haven't asked on this one uh, after the fact, but I had an earlier case, which was the same sort of thing, and there's no case file. Yeah, this kind of kind of sounds fishy. So I imagine if I go and ask for the for the case file, what they're going to hand me is is what I've got already, which is this minute order. Stop going to the courthouse. Write to them. Okay. Because if you go to the courthouse and get in a big argument with her, which is probably going to happen because she's not going to give you the answers you're waiting to hear. So there's probably going to be at least, even if it's pleasant, it'll be some kind of an argument back and forth. And then if she says flat out, there is no case file, then what are you going to do? Walk into court and say, oh, well, the lady at the counter said there is none. They're going to say, uh, really, the lady at the counter, huh? <laughs> but if, so, you get a letter, if you get a letter from Susie saying, thank you for your letter, we received your request, whatever kind of bullshit they're going to say. But if she puts in there, there is no case file. Then it just makes it more funny. Okay, guys, there's no plaintiff. There's no harm, loss, or injury. There's no representative for the plaintiff. There's no case file. There's no contract. There's no debt. And you just hammer them. What just You got to get this stuff on paper so you have exhibits to throw in their face. Okay. So uh, I would probably be writing the head clerk. Um, or just the clerk of court. Um... I don't know. No, I would, do you know? Do you know who is in charge of the whole filing office? Uh, no, I, no, I don't. Filing office he, meaning like a clerk? Yeah, like they they call them different things in different places, but. I think usually the ladies that are at the window are the clerks of the court. And then there, there's one boss above all of them. It might be the court clerk or it might be the head clerk or I think some place they call them a prosonotary. Some place they call them a court administrator, I think. Yeah, so the court clerk, his name is Michael Planet, and he's and his stamp is on on uh, stuff. I, I, 
what the hell I saw his stamp at, but his stamp is somewhere with his name in it. So he's some kind of big shot, and he's had something to do with your documents before? Uh, I would say uh, he's never... Where the hell did I see his... I don't remember where I saw his stamp, but I, I, I did talk that manager later who called herself the manager down at the courthouse. She, uh, Kelly O'Dell, she, she told me that the court clerk is Michael Planet, and I have, I have seen his name stamped on documents. Yeah, maybe right to that guy. Okay. Oh, here it is. Yeah, okay, look. When I filed on demand my notices, here's his stamp right here. Executive officer and clerk. Yeah, I'd probably write to him. Okay. Because he, he basically, well, his uh, his subordinates, anyway, have, uh, have stamped my paperwork. So that's basically, he stamped my paperwork. Well, he's liable for everybody under, so yeah. So, in in a in a letter to him or a notice to him, uh, I would just start out with a pretty simple letter. Um, <laughs> I would get the words proper, but I I don't know if I would go putting a whole bunch of colons and semicolons and square brackets and everything. I think I'd just. Uh, I don't know. Letter. Yeah, I don't know what the first question would be. Like, I don't know if you would tell them that you require a, a copy of the case file, or if you would ask him for the name and address of the plaintiff and the plaintiff's uh, representative or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of what the what the best first question would be. But yeah, I wouldn't um I wouldn't say anything about anybody was interfering with your right to access the court or or uh what's their face at the front counter's a dummy or anything like that. I think I would just stick to a few important questions to start with one at a time. Yeah, so I, I wrote to the DA and I mean maybe maybe I can just kind of use this uh as sort of an example. Dear Greg, hello and good day. Are you the man with whom I need to communicate regarding case number yada yada? Maybe start with one like that. Uh, yeah, that one could use a bit of work, but it was a it was the right idea. Um, yeah, did, I think you used the word need. I would take that one out there. Find a better word for that. There's something else I heard you say too. No, I said hello and good day. How uh, are you, the man with whom I need to communicate regarding case number? Yeah, I'm not sure about the word communicate. It might be okay, but I would look it up. Um, yeah, I, I would find a better word than need. Um, okay. And I believe. 
whom is improper English. Whom, yeah. I think whom is an un, I I think in Adam Online it says it's an ungrammatical use of the word who. Who. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what ungrammatical means, but it doesn't sound good. <laughs> okay, so I'll tighten that up and send that to to uh, this Michael Planet clerk guy. And uh, note, uh, notice you, of rescission. Yeah, if you if you send that letter to Michael, he's probably going to say no, and he's going to send you to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Like I would, if if he's if he's the highest guy whose name you have in that filing office, I would write to him for everything. Okay. Like, say say I went into a courthouse, I talked to the clerk lady at the front desk, and she had no idea what I was talking about, and I wasn't going to get anywhere. I would talk to her supervisor. And then if that didn't get anywhere, I would go to her supervisor. And then once I found out who her supervisor was, and I got my issue straightened out, I would never waste my time going under her again, unless it was just something tiny. But I would, I would always, once you have an, an established relationship with somebody higher up, I would just stick to them. Right. So I guess that's pretty much, it seems like that's my next step. Yeah I, yeah, I wouldn't, um, I don't know if I would waste my time asking if he's the guy you're supposed to contact because okay. you already have his name and you know he has some kind of, responsibility about the people underneath them. So I don't know if I waste my time asking if he's the guy. I think I would just tell him I require a, a certified complete copy of the case file or I would uh, did I forget there was something else I was going to ask. No, oh, name yeah. and address. Yeah. Yeah, ask. Yeah, I'm not I'd have to think about some wording for that one, but uh, like I don't know, it, it's not usually good to ask for the plaintiff's representative's name, but it's just kind of strange that they won't tell you who the plaintiff. Well, I guess they told you who the plaintiff is, but there's no like they didn't give you a name or address to talk to the plaintiff to even answer anything they send you, and they didn't give you a representative to to communicate with either. It just seems ridiculous. Oh, it is but, ridiculous. Yeah, maybe with him, just ask him for the name and address of the plaintiff. Um, I'm wondering if you should say to settle the matter in private or... Um, Yeah, it's probably probably the the way I would do it. Okay. Just say I, I require the name and address of the plaintiff so I can settle this matter in private. All right. Hey, I mean that's basically what I did to the DA. And uh yeah, I sent three letters to him. Like see the reason I'm wondering is because 
it's none of his freaking business why why you're looking for the plaintiff's name and address. They're supposed to give it to you. But you should know the name and address of the plaintiff, and you should know the name and address of the plaintiff's representative. Like if if you punched me in the face and I ran down to the police station and and made a report they would call it something like a sworn statement or a sworn incident report or something. But it's going to have my name, my address, and my own words, what happened. It's going to have my signature. It's going to be dated. And you would have every right to know that I'm the guy that said you punched me in the face. And this is how you can get a hold of me. Yeah, I think it's called a sworn complaint or something like that. And and, and apparently, I don't know, from what little research I've done on the sworn complaint, it uh, it you're supposed to ask for that at arraignment. I don't know. Yeah, well, it, I think it's called many different things depending where you are, but it's. I think it's also referred to as the original charging instrument, meaning that an actual man or woman actually made some kind of a complaint. Like, see, the IRS doesn't do anything. There's a man or a woman that prepares a document and signs it. And then all the statutory actors act upon that signature. That's why it doesn't matter what kind of court case is going on. You're like, where's the man or woman who authored this document? Like, where's the delegation of authority who signed something that said you can do this? Or where is this? You're looking for all these documents where somebody signed because that's the liability. Like, let me see your signed warrant. If you're going to go get a search warrant to search my house, you're going to get somebody who's going to sign that document. You're going to get a judge that's going to say, yeah, I'll be liable if something goes wrong. No matter what they're doing in the 2D world, they have to have a signature that starts the ball rolling. So that would be another letter to uh, Mr. Michael Planet is uh, requiring the, uh, a copy of the original charging instrument, or would that be inside the case file? Yeah, yeah I wouldn't get real specific with that, especially with him, because, um, like I said, none of this is his business. He's got a specific job to do, and he's not a judge. He's not a lawyer. He can't make any decisions. This case has nothing to do with him whatsoever. Uh All you're doing is saying, okay, you have a job to do. Part of your job is to give me a copy of the file, so do it. You don't have to tell him why you want a copy of the file. He knows his job is to give you one. Um, And a a certified copy, without without doubt, should have a copy of the original charging instrument within it. Yes. Anything that anyone will ever plan to use against you should be in that file. The same thing, I'm sure you've heard discovery or disclosure where the crown or the prosecutor or whatever gives you all the evidence. 
they're not they're not allowed to use anything that's not in that file. They have to give you everything they're using against you. So otherwise, that, otherwise that's trial by ambush, right? Yeah. But I've heard judges say shit like that a few times, where I don't see that paper in front of me. It's not in the file. We're not going to talk about that today because they're actually not allowed to hear anything that's not on paper in front of them. Okay. So, yeah, anytime there's an arrest warrant, the, a copy of the arrest warrant should be in the file. Anytime there's a search warrant, a copy of the search warrant should be in the file. <laughs> if there isn't, somebody's got a problem. Which is another trick, too. I wouldn't worry about it in your case, especially if it's only traffic or whatever, but a lot of times with more serious issues or you think there's going to be some kind of corruption or you think there has been already, you get a certified complete copy of the case file. And then six months later, you get another certified copy of the case file. And the first the first file should be exactly the same as the first part of the second file. If not, that's a, that's actual proof. If anything's been added or taken out since a certain date, that's tampering with the file. Ah. Okay. But that's, but that's a good trick. It might help you one day or something where uh, you go and get a certified complete copy of the case file and, and you just magically notice that there's no search warrant, no arrest warrant, no bond, no this, no that, no the other thing. And then watch them just magically appear in the file afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I think, yeah, everything is going to kind of probably end up start going towards, you know, how how I'm having to deal with this shit is sort of like the, the Napoleonic code coming to life here in California. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of people fighting traffic tickets properly according to common law, but I think, um, I think if you do it properly, they're probably going to find some reason that they have to drop it to make it look like you weren't right. It was it was just a little office mistake, or the, it'll just disappear. Like you'll come to court and you'll be like, uh, I don't see my name on the list. They'll say, Oh, what's your name? Oh no, I don't see it on the computer. It just disappears. I've heard of that happening quite a bit. Well, I'll tell you. Uh... Years ago, I mean, I, I was a bit of a troublemaker, and I used to get tickets all the time. And uh, I started, you know, I, when I talked about, I started learning the statutes and stuff. And uh, it really set these guys back on their heels. I mean, these guys had me for some pretty big stuff. And I was just, you know, I said, oh, I'm a lawyer, and you know, this and that. It was way back before I had any idea what was really going on and. uh and uh, anyway, so, I mean, these guys oftentimes wouldn't show up to, you know, cases where, you know, I was like $2,000, uh, you know, that I owe or whatever they're saying I owe. And 
and they wouldn't show up. Or I had a DUI case once where I had like nine cop cars there at the scene, a helicopter, a canine unit, and uh, and uh, never heard anything of it. <laughs> you know, they took me to jail for the night, and and that was it. Disappeared. Yeah. So I mean, I know that these guys are are highly ignorant and uh you know they're not they're not paid to be smart yeah they're paid to be stupid because it's them who's liable you know any of the smart ones you know they they soon find out oh shit it's me i'm the one that's liable for this oh judge you're not going to back me on this oh fuck i'm not i quit yeah i um I don't even know how old I was. I was still in high school. I think it was probably grade 10 or something. And uh, I went into court. There's, I was I was at a friend's house, and it was like a townhouse complex. And I saw the cop. I saw a cop show up at my, my other friend's house that lived right close. Like, I could I could look out my friend's front window and see a cop go up to my other friend's house and knock on the door. And we were all drunk. It was uh, it was early in the morning, and uh, I was just kind of yelling stuff. Like the cop couldn't see me. The blinds were closed, whatever. And I was just kind of yelling funny stuff at him, making him look around. And he he just ended up calling more cops. But um, I can't remember what exactly the charges were. They were stupid little ones. But uh, when I went into court, the cop came on the witness stand. And I kind of asked him a few questions, made him look kind of stupid. And then the next cop came up and I'm like, where were you? Oh, I got the call, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, so you weren't even there. And he goes, well, no, I got the call and I showed up. And I said, okay, well, you showed up after the fact. He's like, yeah. And I go, okay, well, so you didn't see anything. You didn't hear anything. You don't know anything except what the cop told you. He's like, correct. And I said, well, you have no evidence then. And then the the next cop came up, and I same thing. I'm like, I'm like, did you actually see or hear anything? The cop's like, no. And I'm like, well, what are you going to testify to today if you didn't see or hear anything? And then so he got off the stand. The judge is like, yeah, you guys got nothing, and I got an absolute discharge. So I know it does happen if you do it right. I was just a stupid kid, and it was that easy. Well, that's that's actually pretty amazing, uh, you know, really, to be in yeah. court and to actually win. That's, like, yeah. unheard of. Yeah, I keep hearing that it, it never, ever happens, but, yeah, it happened to me. Like, I didn't know anything back in the day. I watched, like, Law & Order type shows, whatever, like, TV shit. But I, I had no freaking clue what I was doing back then, none whatsoever. I didn't know any of their codes. I didn't know anything. Like, all the questions I was asking, the first cop, um, I asked them, like, okay, well, how many how many units were in each row in that townhouse complex? <laughs> uh-huh. And he told me, and I'm like, how many rows were surrounding you? He's like, uh, three. And I'm like, how far away from you were you from the highway? And he's like, well, not far. And he told me how many meters he thinks. And I'm like, well, it was uh, it was 10 o'clock in uh, the middle of July. It was pri- pretty hot out. There must have been air conditioners everywhere. He's like, well, yeah. 
And I'm like, so you're surrounded by about 30 houses, most of which had air conditioners. You were right close to the highway and you did not see where the voice was coming from. You just picked the house and said somebody in there is yelling. And he's kind of like, well, yeah. And then that was it. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you didn't hear anything. And that was pretty much it. The judge is like, yeah, you guys are fucking ridiculous. Like, you got no evidence at all. Like, I think it's just the judge is like, there's no way in hell. If this guy, if this guy has any clue what he's doing, there's no way in hell I'm taking the blame for what these cops did. Uh huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I, yeah, I mean, I've I've been like I've been po- caught with my pants down, more or less. Like that one time I got that DUI, which they never even filed a case against me. Uh, you know, I had I had a beer in my hand. I had a an open beer in my hand. Uh, I had been drinking, and I had pot on the dash. I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. They pulled me over for no license plate lights. And, uh, I mean, which is ridiculous, you know, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, I mean, they, they caught me pants down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, Uh, I think a big part of the trick is get them really early, like hit them, hit them with a couple of the big ones right away before they get the ball rolling. Cause if they start building a huge case against you, it's harder to get out. Like, especially with, um, like, CPS cases where they're trying to steal somebody's kids. Yeah. If you, if you can shut them down before they get the kids, they usually go away pretty quietly. Right. But once they take your kids, now they full out committed the crime. They're dedicated to it. They're stuck now. Right. They'll fight like crazy because they don't want to get charged with stealing people's kids. So I think a lot of, especially with CPS issues, you you, you get, give them the clear message before they take your kids. And I think in any other traffic case or criminal case or whatever, I think the harder you hit them right at the very beginning, the, the more likely they're going to back off. Yeah, which may be the case in, in this case. Uh, you know, uh, this guy was... Uh, you know, whatever he he was already trying to be real nice to me after after all said and done. After he called all his buddies out, and there was about five cops there in the Vaughn's parking lot. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's it's all 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 signs are pointing towards this guy's not going to show up. But I'm not going to I'm not going to doubt that this guy isn't going to show up. I think he probably you know he may show up, but uh, anyway, so. I'm not going to depend on it. And I, I've hit him pretty hard. I mean, I actually went down to the station and, uh, you know, I, I tried to get the ticket written off there. Like, hey, here's my license. Will you, you know, just write this ticket off? And uh, they're, oh, well, you can't do that here. you got to go to court for this. And, oh, okay, well, can you provide me the point of law you're relying on? And, oh, no, no. Uh, oh, okay, well, here, i got to put you on notice then. And, I handed them uh my my uh my paper my my personally made paperwork which is uh you know has superior court rulings whatnot and 
is basically my my status and uh and that's what I handed the cop that day. And anyway, so they filed it and, and I got a stamp and a copy and so I mean I I've hit them pretty hard from a lot of angles and you know and uh so we'll see. Uh, I just know that anytime I go into these courts uh I've got little or no chance. I mean it's just from experience, but I've never had this and I've never stood up in court as a man, so that's gonna mm-hmm. be the big the big change. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, cool. it's, it's kind of strange, like, um, like a lot of this stuff, you hear it, and you think about it, and it makes sense, and you know it, but it, I don't know, it just, after a while, you know it for a while, and you keep hearing it over and over again, and then all of a sudden, it just starts to, I don't know, it starts to root a little, a little stronger, but. Yeah, you'll notice like every once in a while you'll notice that you're you you got a there's a slight change in your thinking. Every once in a while you'll notice there's a slight change in your attitude. A little while later you'll realize that you believe this far more than you did like 3 months ago. Like sometimes you'll go like 2 or 3 weeks and you'll think, "Yeah, I don't I haven't really learned much lately." And then another two, three weeks later, you'll be talking to somebody and you'll be answering their questions like crazy. And you'll be like, holy crap, I know more than I thought. Yeah, you you got real good at it. Uh, that's awesome, man. You, uh, that you, you've, uh, you've, you've latched right onto it. So, I mean, that's really great. Yeah, it's uh, taken quite a while. It's taken many hours, that's for sure. Oh, I believe that. I know I put in, I put in, uh, uh, you know, a lot of hours too. I mean, hundreds of hours, literally. I, I remember the guy coming on the call the other day, and he said he had put in three hundred hours, and and he had some silly ass question. I'm like, are you, you really put in three hundred hours, and you're asking that question? Yeah, that yeah. can't be, man. <laughs> yeah, some guys are just full of shit. Yeah. Uh. So. All right, well, uh, well, thanks for your help, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'll probably be in touch with you here. I'm going to write up some letters and, and get these sent off. Uh, uh, the notice of rescission, um, what all is going to be uh, included in that? Um, just something along the lines of on... Whatever date it was, August 17th, 2015, uh, Bob Smith, maybe put in brackets, in square brackets, judge, uh, or I, I, a man, believe on, on, um, wait, uh, yeah, just on, on whatever date, Bob Smith, uh, entered a not guilty plea um yeah see i don't know there's uh if if you say he entered a plea on your behalf you're kind of saying you're the defendant because he's going to say he entered it on the defendant's behalf uh-huh Um, 
You want to think about that one? Uh, yeah, maybe hold off on that one. Um, yeah, see, it'd be good to see what's in the case file, too, but there's probably nothing, but uh, I'm kind of wondering how he actually worded that like do you remember did he say that he's going to enter one on your behalf or on the defendant's behalf or uh well i recorded it so i'll have to go back and listen to it but uh yeah i'd go back and listen to that and see exactly how he said it okay because that way you could even put it in quotes too right right use the same word Yeah, okay. So uh, so then uh, I'll just start on a letter to uh, the the head clerk, whatever his name is, Michael Planet, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, sorry it took so long. Oh, no, that's cool, man. Uh, I know it's, uh, you know, we're both busy, so no big deal. So, uh, all right, well, I'll be in touch with you on Skype, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'll pass a letter on the Skype, see what, see what you know, y'all think about it, and, and then, uh, cool. then I'll send, send it off. Yep. All right, thanks again, Mike. Talk to you soon. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.